I think that uh, Ray Romano would do that because Ray Romano is doing stuff all over the place. Yeah, He's doing like smaller projects. He did that and, uh, terrible one, uh, not Welcome to Mooseport, uh, The Irishman. <laughs> Brunch, hit it, boys. Podcast time. Let's talk about Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is back. And I was still excited for it, even though I think we both agree last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, pretty not good. Pretty not good. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe even definitively not good. I hated some of the episodes. Yeah, same. It really did surprise me how excited I was for the premiere, though. Like, as like it, knowing, as like, it, I thought, I think that it, it, it might be getting bad now. Same. Yeah, I, was, I, just, I just, like, I didn't really care. I was very happy that I was going to have curb your enthusiasm to look forward to and i don't know if how much of a how much of it is like just me looking forward to something on like a sunday night yeah because that is like for me that's the best tv show night because i love oh, yeah. to just end the weekend by being like all right i got this show tonight it's gonna be the last thing i do on the weekend before the week like it's so nice to have something to look forward to, forward to on sunday nights what else is on sunday nights right now nothing my god if i know uh that new josh gad show on hbo oh okay I've, I got to see what that's about. What is that again? What is it's some sort of space, some sort of space show? Josh Gad is in it. Have you seen? The, have you watched it. the like uh, the hospital or like the the cop doctors thing? <laughs> no. There's a thing on Netflix. It stars it stars some funny people, but it's a show, and it was like recommended for me, and it was like they're doctors, they're cops. They're like cop they, They've got like a pretty busy day or something like that. God. And I watched the uh, trailer, and it looks hilarious. It looks. Re- Let me see. Uh, Netflix. I got a strong uh, Netflix recommendation for you, real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah, the the uh, ugly oh, De- medical police is what oh, it's called. God. Ugly delicious does breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, have you watched that? No, it's pretty good. It's just like I think there are like four or five episodes, and it's yeah. just basically like comedians and cars getting coffee, but they do a full day together, and it's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a certain city with a with a celebrity, and nice. it's it's just very cool. Lena Waithe has an I know. episode. Oh yeah, so yeah, okay. So now I know what you're talking about. It's awesome. Um, uh, David Chang is the guy. Yeah. The first episode was Seth Rogen, and like that's the easiest way to just get me to give something a shot. Yeah, it's, it's Seth Rogen being be himself. Giggly, yeah. He gets super high with uh, with David Chang in Vancouver, and they just walk around eating in Vancouver, and it's awesome. I got mad at uh, Kellen for him misreading or misreporting oh, something yes. that happened in the uh, in the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I meant to text him about that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the boo the boo boolicious, the boo boo boolicious. Yeah, yeah, it's blue bubblicious. Said blue bubblicious. Yeah. And, and but I, people were responding to it, and they were like, "Oh man, that's so embarrassing for her." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, she but didn't say to, that." To be fair, yeah. when I when I watched it out of context, like just through Kellen's Twitter feed, like I was I was listening for that because, well, because he, he because set he it up t- as right. He set yeah. it up, and then he shared the video clip, and that's what I heard. So you're but listening, then I, but for then that. I yeah, and then I watched it on the documentary. I was like, "That's not even close." They're just they've been throwing around blue bubblicious right. like for like minutes before this actually happened. And it also uh, has the captions on the screen. That's it, true. It, it yeah. says blue bubblicious. So like, I don't know. I don't understand how Kellen missed that. Like yeah. I don't understand how you could watch the documentary and. 
like see the setup and then hear boob blalicious. Yeah, I'm like, you put this per this person on blast, they're gonna could have ruined that person's life with. <laughs> Instead, with that it was a hilarious slander. cell phone. It's what's that? It was a hilarious cell phone. What he was, was like, get a load of this person. Oh, totally right. missing missing the uh, the delivery. Did you like the Hernandez thing? Not really. I thought, I, thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. It was not very revelatory, but yeah, it was it was entertaining. But mm-hmm. other than that, like nothing really on the subject. Of... It's so easy to make a documentary that's interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. Like this was given what Aaron Hernandez's story is, mm-hmm. not very difficult to make an interesting documentary on it. A lot of subject matter there. Um, on the subject of Netflix stuff, a lot of websites will do the. Um, like, here are the top 10 things you can watch on Hulu right now. And like those are useful articles, but it also makes me think, like, man, we're such a stupid world that like, like you this can't is... even just go into Hulu and look right, around. Right. Like, you can't just like peek around, find that. I think the last thing I watched on Hulu was that movie Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and Christ. Ana de Armas. Yeah. Uh, 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 Eli Roth. Eli, yeah. The Eli Roth film. It's real, real. Eli Roth's weird wife. Real, real peach of a film, (laughs) that one. Uh, We should just start making those that are incorrect, but like (laughs) clearly incorrect. Like, here are the best things on Amazon Prime right now The Irishman. (laughs) Uh, Like, Movies just that movies are still that are in, in theaters, theaters like Bad either, Boys, either 3. Netflix exclusive things, right? Like the Taylor Swift documentary <laughs> that hasn't come out on Netflix until I'm actually that's a great That'd be idea. Such an easy like we just make one graphic and then just like swap in stuff all the time. Maybe like make up make up movies every now and then. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent down with that. That's such a good idea. But we like gotta, breaking I think we Bad do Fly. <laughs> I think we got to do it in like graphic form. Yeah, so people don't have to click like a, a link or something. No, 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 no. Yeah, it would just be it would be a like Here a graphic, a tweet, things. like uh, and you you just swap in the the names. Don't hate that idea at all. That's Best a real things winner. on Hulu right now, but the people, I don't know. I got some nobody would nobody would even click that because nobody has Hulu. I man, whenever I think about Hulu, I just think of how I paid for the commercial free one so i could watch happy endings because everyone said happy endings was so good you got bamboozled i just don't get that one speaking of things i just don't get i think i'm starting to come around on billy eilish i saw you uh you tweeted like hey everybody check out my new favorite album yeah and it was i clicked a link and i was like what the fuck billy eilish it was just all remixes of ocean eyes <laughs> oh my god someone sent me an awesome remix of it because we were talking about that song and then i just like kept it on i didn't press stop so it then played the next remix of ocean eyes and i was like i can just sit around listening to ocean eyes remixes all day i'll tell you there's really like there's not a lot in music that makes me more excited than when somebody makes a good remix and i don't know why yeah but like i I find it to be so impressive because you take this thing that everybody loves and like they already have the pre-existing notion of this song and then you make it completely different, and you repackage it. And like, if somebody likes that, I think that's like a really cool thing. But you've also got to consider they like the source material, and they know how the source material goes. So if you like bastardize it, that person's ears still kind of understand 
like what it is and they still like it. So I actually, I actually think that re- remixes are rarely intolerable. So they're always going to be true. really, yeah. Like all, like there's so many of these like EDM remixes, and that's become like a popular thing now. Where like there's a po- a popular song exists, and then the artist will just release an, an quote unquote album. Yeah, that's just like a bunch of DJs remixing it. Oh, and, that's common. And yeah. then like ninety five percent of them are absolute dog shit. That I'm going to the uh, the outro music today is going to be. <laughs> Have you ever heard Pure Country? No, I don't think so. It's uh, just Father John Misty playing pure comedy as though it were <laughs> Jesus a... Jesus Christ. It's, it's, like, it's very similar to the actual song, but he sings it in a very country accent. And it's very, it's very funny. Like the end when he's like, Random matter. Suspended in the dark. <laughs> he really like does the over enunciated uh, R's. I did uh, that are I, so prevalent like, in about country. a month ago. I, I came across uh, there's a Lady Gaga uh, version of Born This Way that's like the Country Roads of Remix. Ooh, and it's it's the same song, but it's just like using country, country instruments. She basically made like a dive bar version of Born This Way. That's pretty cool. Someone started to. Did you see the meme that was going around where everybody was ranking their like top ten Lady Gaga songs? No. It was. This has become a thing on Twitter. Uh, people will say something. They'll say like, "My favorite food is pizza," and then somebody will quote tweet that with like, "My favorite food is lasagna." Then somebody will quote tweet that saying, "My favorite food is like." I don't know, mince. And it's the most difficult thing to follow. In and then, the world. yeah, you're you like, what, what? through like nine. It's like, yeah, it's like an old school bleacher report slideshow. Yeah. I'm like, who did, did a, uh, click here to find out the next thing. Did a mouse repair shop plant this tweet <laughs> to, to get you to just break the, the uh, shit out of your mouse? The, the big, big computer mouse just trying to ruin our computers. Uh, before we get to curb your enthusiasm, uh, an interesting take from our friend Paul Williams on uh, the terrific Advanced Analytics podcast. He was reviewing cats, and he said, A, it sounds like he saw it recently, and I think that now people go to cats to make fun of it. Yeah. I mean, like, we I, went, went to, we went to no, was, I went to cats to make fun of it. Well, I went to cats. But how many people were in your theater? Pro- a, a decent amount. And oh, I, and, okay. And like people were laughing in the theater, so I think I, t- oh, okay. I said so this you at had the time. Similar experience. Yeah, so like, I, I didn't. I was an opening weekend Saturday night. Uh, it was me and then two other people in the theater. But he was saying that people were there clearly to just like laugh out loud and like they weren't giving it a chance, and that's really annoying. That's yeah. I, well, I said that in in the cast review. I, I said like the it was like one of the worst theater experiences for me because like the people in front of me. We're just straight up talking out loud oh, and laughing, brutal. and like you could tell that they went just to laugh at it. Yeah, and like part of me went just to laugh at it too because I read yeah, the reviews and I knew that it was, was going to be bad. But like, I think you have to give a movie a shot. Like, if you're laughing yeah. in the very first scene before like anything really even happens, you're you're not giving it a chance, and, plus, and you're ruining the experience for everybody. What if you, you go see it and you realize this isn't as bad as everybody well, that's thinks? What I'm it you got to give it a chance. I mean, if we if if we went into Bohemian Rhapsody and we were like, this is going to be the best movie no matter what. Seventy-year-old white guy said it's great, so it's going to be amazing. And then we walked out like, 
oh yeah, we were just in such a good mood because someone had said it was good that right. we love that movie. Uh, but he said, and this is, I agree with this. He said there shouldn't have been really any uh, CGI and that it should, that should have just been humans behaving like cats. Apparently he's a very pro cats person. I believe the quote was, uh, if you, like, if, if you've got a problem with actors dressing up like cats grow up, he was, <laughs> okay. like, pretty fired up. But I think that actually would have been better if instead of all crazy digital stuff, it was more like the show and you just had, like, Idris Elba walking around looking like a cat instead of everything yeah but i honestly don't think that that would have made it any wouldn't have made it good wouldn't have made it any better like i i'm against anything that improves cats Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you still got an absolutely shit script that that doesn't do anything so at at that point just make it as bad as possible so that it's like something that sticks out in your mind like i'm always going to remember cats for being just uh, just an abomination i've already forgotten everything about cats i know that jellicle is a term and that uh some of the cats wore high heels and some of the cats didn't and that's really all i remember i remember the fat shaming of james corden i remember uh the little children being the rats or the cockroaches right there was something with cockroaches or beetles or some sort of thing like just but like if you take away the cgi and you just dress them as cats Mm -hmm. is it a good movie certainly not. not of course not is it a little less terrifying? Sure. Right. It would just be like a weird, but it would be a weird thing. This wasn't even weird, you know? This wasn't even out there. It was just ridiculous. If yeah, you- but but it wasn't trying to be ridiculous, which that makes yeah. me appreciate it. If they had done the CGI to be like, we're going to be really, we're going to be like intentionally bad. Then you're like, oh well, this is kind of lame. They they sunk a ton of money into that, thinking that it was going to be like really cool, yeah. And it totally failed. And so because of that, I love the CGI. Don't take it away from me. Confirmed, still not a good movie. <laughs> Cats. Uh, Curb though was excellent. That was it was tremendous. That was an all timer episode. Really out of the gate. I love Mocha Joe being in the mix. Yeah. I like that they're setting it up to be maybe a season-long rivalry. Really, the, I don't know how often this happens in Curb, where they set up a season. This season has already sure. been yeah. well set up. I guess last year, because he was... I guess the Fox season's Watt, when he's yeah. doing a play, which of which there are uh, multiple. That There's like more of an arc there. but And, and Seinfeld. Right, yeah. So th- this season was... This is being set up as... It's going to have a Mocha Joe rivalry. He's going to have Cheryl back in the mix. There's going to be some sort of fallout with Ted Danson. But he's getting he's getting canceled. He's getting like- canceled. Uh, one of my favorite things, though, that I hope comes up throughout... And if they're... Arrested Development would do this. I don't know if Curb Your Enthusiasm would. Whenever he's walking around with Jeff, somebody needs to walk by and call Jeff an <laughs> asshole. Like that, that that joke can't die. Yeah, and and uh, the because realistically it wouldn't. If people if people think on the first episode that he looks like Harvey Weinstein, then a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, they're gonna think he looks like Harvey Weinstein. And there were so many jokes that were were awesome in in this episode, and the the Harvey Weinstein one was so easy because Jeff does sort of look like Harvey Weinstein, and I was like, 
you had to know that that was coming. I knew that it was coming. No, you didn't. Did well, you really? I mean, yeah. I mean, once you once you like kind of like trademarked it. And like I saw Jeff, and he had like the oh the, right the, yeah the scruff he, right we had looked, the, the gray scruff. I was like, He's probably gonna get compared to Harvey Weinstein, and then it came. Oh okay, and I was like, that was still so fucking funny. It was such an easy joke, and right. they still it was still done so well. And yeah, it, I think that it has to be a, a running joke. The fact that they did it twice in the uh, in the first episode yeah. makes me think that they're probably gonna go in on that. Shout out the girl from. Love. I forget her name, her character on the show. She plays an actress on what's the uh, on Wichita. She's uh, she was like a Canadian Idol person. She sleeps with Gus. I don't remember. No, you don't remember her. I oh, I remember the person from Love, but I I don't remember her. Who who's she in Curb Your Enthusiasm? The um, the was caterer. She, oh, she was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She didn't like have a distinctive look for me. That was that was funny. That, I'm surprised that you remember that. That he's that they're just standing there talking about <laughs> pigs in a blanket, and they're like obsessing over it, and then all that comes of it. Um, I'm I'm very very encouraged by it though. I thought that last season I really thought that it was starting to to lose its way, and there were just a lot of jokes that I was like, how did a room full of funny people think this was funny? Yeah. Was there anything that uh, in the first episode that you were like, eh, or like? I mean cringed? the uh, the the MAGA stuff it was that was obvious. I guess that was like a kind of easy thing to do, but it was still funny. I didn't like when he did the Trump impression. I didn't like when he's like sad. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. not to be a person with a Twitter account, but like I, I I'm just not crazy about normalizing. All and that? it's also just been like so overdone, right? I mean, like after Saturday Night Live, it's like yeah. sort of been beaten into the ground. But I'll tell you what, the, the best way one of my they, life was the though. way they they did it though was like so perfectly Larry that it worked. Yeah, uh, best moment of my life happened during this episode, which oh, is yes. that Phil Rosenthal was on an episode <laughs> yeah. of Kirby Enthusiasm. I was so excited for you. I was I, so I happy. The episode, and I texted you in all caps. I was like, "Somebody feed Phil on uh, on Curb." I was thrilled even before he had any lines and they were just talking shit about him because the only thing that you can take away from Phil Rosenthal is that he's like the sweetest, most uh, excited guy, just a very like excited person, very high on life, loves everything, loves everyone. It seems. Uh, So the fact that, I I guess those qualities could manifest themselves in ways that would make someone think they're annoying. Or tough to be around. Especially if you're Larry David. Like, that's such clashing personality. Yeah, right. And, I mean, I'm sure that everyone's known someone who's, like, so bubbly that you're, like, I'm not having a bad day. I can't really have this. So that he's that person in their version of Hollywood is so funny. They're, like, oh, God, Rosenthal's here. He's going to talk about his fucking shows. Yes. (laughs) That was the best part for me is that, like, (laughs) Phil Rosenthal's a guy who just will not stop talking about Raymond still. (laughs) Oh, that's. (laughs) I thought that was so fucking funny. Well, shit, man. I don't begrudge Phil Rosenthal for that. I mean, everybody, if I made everybody still, loves Raymond is all right. I, I would still talk about. Everybody should still be talking <laughs> about everybody loves Raymond. That was great. For a second, I thought like when he invited Larry to wherever he invited him, lunch. To, like, yeah, no, oh, like, to, to, like, to shoot somebody like, from Cambodia, Phil, like, Cambodia or something. Yeah, and, and, like 
for as, as one set point, that up for the season. At one point, I thought it was like, wait, are we going to get it? Everybody loves Raymond season of Curb. Oh my god, that would be amazing. That would be the best. Yo, let's do some everybody loves Raymond Curb fan fiction. <laughs> let's start like a Twitter account that's exactly Seinfeld 2000. And I think it's like plot lines of what happens during the everybody loves Raymond season. And I think every, I think that uh, Ray Romano would do that because Ray Romano is doing stuff all over the place. Yeah. Doing like smaller projects. He did that and, uh, terrible one. Uh, not welcome to Mooseport. Uh, the Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think that like if Ray Romano is more than willing to like make fun of himself mm-hmm. and make fun of uh, everybody loves Raymond, and to do it on Curb, I think would be an unbelievable thing. Right. I like that. There's the uh, I, I don't necessarily like it, but I'm they interested golf all, they by the, golf all the time. Yeah, that would work so well. I'm interested by the kind of sitcom wars that exist. I know that David Schwimmer has been on the record of like, hey. I love Seinfeld. I don't know why everyone's doing this Seinfeld or Friends thing. I think that both shows were great. I think he was like, we were a little more successful or something, but I, I think that both shows are great. But, Sy- man, there are some diehard Seinfeld fans. Obviously, the uh, the heightened version of it would be Seinfeld 2000, who just <laughs> wants friends out of the... Like, all they want to do is kill friends. So I would wonder how if there would be that kind of... And again, the, the rivalry doesn't seem to exist between the actual shows themselves. But right. it would be funny if that kind of Seinfeld versus Friends thing so existed true. with Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> versus Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> like, imagine Richard Lewis de- dealing with... Uh, like, he's a big Like, Everybody he hates Raymond Brad guy. Garrett or something. <laughs> That'd be so good. I'm trying to think of, of how the interactions would go. Because obviously... Uh, Doris Roberts and uh, Peter Boyle are both dead, but Raymond's in the mix. Um, man, I mean, a, a lot of people from that cast, actually, I unfortunately, yeah. like the kids and everything. So it, it actually, it's, it's morbid to say and think, but like I'm realizing now, like, you could how many people would they have? The show, like the show itself. Right. They could just. You could have like Ray and uh, what's uh, Patricia Heaton. Yeah, you could have them too. You could have Phil and uh, Brad Garrett. That would be it, I think. Oh, I mean, and Phil would be a a must. Yeah, that would that would be terrific. I haven't seen Brad. I know that Brad Garrett still does stuff, but I haven't really checked out. He was in Fargo a couple years ago. How was he? About five years ago. He was very good. That's awesome. I'm a uh, yeah. I I, (laughs) love me some. Brad Garrett and some everybody loves Raymond slash Curb Your Enthusiasm fan fiction. <laughs> were uh, were were rivalries bigger in the in the nineties? Rival in general? Yeah, did like rivalries have a moment in the nineties? Oh yeah, rivalries were huge. Yeah, uh, mainly with music. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, East Coast West Coast rap. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. Like it, I mean, it would get violent and at then, points and then friends and seinfelds but really but rivalries uh like a Red in Sox which yankees in the early 2000s so like late 90s 2000s i think the rivalries were way bigger but it would sim- it's similar to friends and seinfeld where if you were to go up to like lance bass who's like yeah. this nice guy like hey don't you fucking hate the backstreet boys he'd be like i don't know probably like them existing means this really profitable business for me. So 
Yeah, no? I'm sure that like <laughs> none of those guys like really disliked each other. They were probably had. I bet they all had, disliked. It was a competi- like a friendly competition, I guess, for them. Right. Because you're competing for fans. I do remember uh, whenever Britney Spears would, they used to do things where they would give like Britney Spears an episode, uh, like a half an hour where she picks her favorite songs and her favorite music videos, and she, they would just play them. And okay, next here's one by a singer I really like. It's Fiona Apple or whatever, and she would always pick Backstreet Boys stuff, and she'd be like, "This is a great song." Plus, who wouldn't want to hang out with these fellas? It's the Backstreet Boys. And I think it was to, to to kind of play both sides of it. Obviously, she had a relationship with a member of NSYNC, but she never, and maybe it was to kind of be her own person, she was never like that person who's friends with NSYNC. She was, I'm also a titan, yeah. and I can, I can listen to whomever I want. Well, what if it was a, just a dig at Justin? But if it was like Maybe they had a went, fight, yeah, yeah, Justin's being a bit a little, of a pill. Little, little, okay, little revenge, revenge plot. You know what? On, on that note, I'm really feeling this black and blue album by Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Get out of here, Justin. Promised. Uh, I'm, I'm. I find the Curb season very promising. Even more so now that there's going to be an Everybody Loves Raymond arc. Uh, I asked you if you had seen this movie because when I went to turn on curb and to check what channel hbo was because i don't know how to use anything i saw so curb was on at 10 30 and at like 9 55 i checked what channel hbo was and right the channel before that was cinemax and a movie called the ruins was showing and that movie came out in 2008 it came out when i was in college and for some reason it was on the tvs at college constantly so everyone in like my graduating class, everyone I knew in college, for some reason had seen this terrible movie, The Ruins, a uh, bajillion times. So if you'll buckle in, let it me is, tell you a little bit about The Ruins. It is very funny how like the movie machine works. <clears throat> because like after a movie comes out, mm-hmm. it could either it can either just like die and or and like rest on its laurels or it can get like Tons and tons of play, yeah, on TV and on on like premium channels and things like that. And it's just very funny how some of those movies are selected because there are just some absolute terrible movies that get constant play. Yeah, and then there are other movies like Wind River, which was was obviously on Netflix or whatever. But like you could have you could live in the last like four years and not know that Wind no River exists, right? But and if you're one a of the person best. with cable back in the day, then you have seen the ruins. A lot of times. It is. That's kind of wild. How do they get, yeah, how do they get those deals? Who chooses? (laughs) Like, is there a guy in a room that's just... we got to show the ruins so many times. So the the ruins, you're probably thinking, what the hell's the ruins? It's a 2008 supernatural horror film directed by Carter Smith, which stars Jonathan Tucker, Sean Ashmore, Jenna Malone, Laura Ramsey, and Joe Anderson. Do I know any of these people? No, and Jonathan Tucker... When I was watching him the other night, I was like, I'm going to knock out a half an hour of The Ruins for old time's sake. And okay. the main character, or the, one of the main characters, I guess, I was like, I've seen this guy before. He's in stuff. And then I looked it up, and I was like, I've just seen The Ruins a bunch of times. <laughs> um, he's a local guy, though. He's from Massachusetts. Um, so The Ruins is a movie about a group of, let's see, two young American couples. I don't know if they were in college or what. They're... they're 
they go to Mexico for a vacation, and they meet a German guy. I'm I'm gonna do the 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 classic explain the movie thing with a little assistance uh, from Wikipedia. So okay. I'm gonna be glancing at it. this. is a new method for doing this. Please let uh, me know when anything's hyperlinked. What's that? Yes, they meet. Oh, I I apologize. Jonathan Tucker was hyperlinked. Okay. So is Jenna Malone, Sean Ashmore, and Laura Ramsey. Mexico, interestingly, not hyperlinked. Mm. You're gonna have to know what Mexico is. <laughs> Uh, they meet a uh, German tourist who's looking for his brother, and the last place his brother had he the last place he'd seen his brother was uh, or the last known location was at like a uh, a place in the jungle. There is a Mayan ruin. I don't know what that is. Could is can ruin be hyperlinked? What's a ruin? It's like a I think it's like a. Tomb, like a tomb, it's usually like a tomb, right? And it's, it's like, like a pyramid or something. It's like, like that. a vacated tomb. Okay, so that that's where this is all said. Okay, so uh, they go and they find this place where this guy was last seen, and they get to it, and it's big and it looks cool and whatnot. And when they show up, a bunch of a guy comes riding in on a horse, speaking Spanish, yelling at him. Yelling all sorts of stuff in Spanish. I'm guessing, was he Mexican? Yes. Okay. I, I know that because I don't need the hyperlink. I know what Mexico is. Wow. See, you're, you've got a bit of a leg up here. People who don't know what Mexico is might have a difficult time on this pretty shoddy Wikipedia entry. Guy comes up yelling all sorts of stuff. There's a language barrier people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Then... Two of this guy's buddies show up. They're screaming. One of them draws a crossbow, points it at them, and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, we're just we're looking for my brother. Have you seen my brother, like, hermano? They're pointing at phones, like, have you seen this guy? And one of them is taking steps towards these guys, saying, like, hey, look, everything is good. I got my hands up. I mean, you know, Arrow. Okay. He's been struck by the arrow. One of the men fired it at him. Mm-hmm. And just as the couples are reacting, guy gets shot in the head. They really want to make sure they kill that guy. Wow. With another arrow or with a gun? Gun. Oh. The old arrow-gun combo, which... Interesting. Honestly... Just probably could have just went with a gun. Reverse order would be <laughs> yeah. more painless. You know? Yep. Just kill him first and then <laughs> shoot him with an arrow for whatever reason. So they're all freaked out. They're like, what's going on? But they're still pointing the arrow at him, like suggesting like, back up, you so get away from reloaded us. Reloaded the arrow. Right. They're like, get okay. away from us, get away from us. So they run toward back towards this ruin and they're sitting around. They're like, yo, this is some crazy stuff. Why are they, why are these people so mad? Mm-hmm. Why, why don't they want to be near us? Tell you what, let's let let's let cooler heads prevail. Let's go out and we'll try to talk to them. And this girl and this guy walk out, and now there's a bunch of people circling this place. They all got guns pointed and everything. They are ready to kill. Okay. And they're like, "Hey, we we're just trying to. I want to understand what what the issue is here." And the girl's like, "You know what? I'll walk towards them. They're not going to kill me." I'm going to be fine. So they start to walk towards her. She starts to walk towards them. 
and they fire a warning shot. Mm. They just grail like a real some some inside uh, some some Inten- high heat intentional like a little bit of an intentional chin music. I think they brush her back. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. chin music. They give her a little chin music. Whoa. She gets pissed and she grabs some uh, some like grass. There are some vines there, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What the hell's wrong with you guys?" Throws them at them, hits a kid. As soon as it hits the kid, everybody. Oh, they're screaming. They circle the kid within like 10 seconds. And the kid's screaming like, no, 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 please, please. They kill him. Something about these vines is something. Something's wrong with these vines that are on this ruin. Ah, okay. They, the group, so the group understands, all right, people don't fuck with these vines. Let's stay over here. Let's figure it out. And the ruins they they're doing they're they're or the ruins the uh, the vines are doing some sort of uh, tricks to them. They're getting in their heads. They're making them hear cell phones ringing that aren't there. And it like I think it eats one of the people. It kills them. Let me let me rifle through this. Okay. Uh, uh, they're like magical vines. Based. They're like they're like witch witch vines. Yeah. One of them fall and then one of them falls into like the bottom of the the ruin i guess and they try to bring him up but there's all the vines in there and uh at some point let's see uh the group now realizes that the vines are predatory which oh. is why the mayans won't let anyone leave as matthias's condition condition worsens he Who's fell Mattia? into the thing oh, okay. he fell in there he's the guy looking for his brother okay. i remember this guy got a real shit deal uh jeff amputates his legs mm. to avoid an infection Stacy becomes jealous at Eric for comforting a distraught Amy. Oh, they all hate Amy. Later, she accuses them of having sex and claims that she overheard Amy moaning. The sound is implied to be made by the flowers. While the four argue, the vines suffocate Matthias by creeping down his throat. In the morning, Eric brings Amy and Jeff into the tents, blah, 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 to show them what's on her back. She turns around and exposes her back, and the group can see vines underneath her skin. Eric pours alcohol over her leg to sterilize it and then cuts it to remove the vine. He then proceeds to remove the three-foot-long vine from her spine. That's a bar. And they remove the vines. She tries to take the knife, claiming that the vines are in her head to calm down Stacy. Amy offers some of the alcohol to sterilize the wound. As Stacy proceeds to drink, the rest of the group watches as a vine moves under her skin in her forehead, revealing that their fears are true. Oh, shit. So all this shit happens. They all die. They're getting killed by the... Except for uh, Amy's the final girl. And you know the whole time when you're watching this movie, you're like... She's the one. Yeah, she's going to be fine. You know what this seems like? What? Midsommar. It's it's like a, an ancient, like, mysterious place. Yeah, let's go to this place. What could the, go wrong? The flowers are kind of fucking with you. Yeah. And people are getting... Oh, that's true. They're getting in your head, man. Yeah. And then there's this this girl who just comes out on top while everybody else around her dies. Everything, everything works out for Amy. So they... Uh... Amy's our May Queen. Wait, what happens? There's a... Somebody kills somebody, too. All right. Uh, the next morning, Stacy awakens and uh, leaves the tent where the rest of the group is sleeping. She finds a backpack which contains a knife. Uh, so Stacy 
I think Stacy and Amy having some troubles. Uh, Jeff hears moans coming from outside and goes to see what's going on. Jeff and Amy follow with Eric. Jeff walks over to Stacy trying to calm her down as she has a deep gash on her forehead and is slicing up her thigh to get a vine out. He touches her and she flails the knife, the knife at him right. She stabs him. She gets him in the hand. He backs away. Eric approaches Stacy trying to calm her down. As he touches her back to calm her, she spins around and fatally stabs him in the chest. Mm. While the rest try to restrain Stacy, Eric is dragged away by the vines. Overcome with remorse, Stacy begs Amy to kill her, and Jeff kills her as an act of mercy. So now I think it's just Jeff and Amy. I think they're a couple. And what does he do? He puts... uh, He provokes and berates the Mayans... To draw. Oh, this was so lame. Yeah, they just basically did some like Red Rover shit. <laughs> really? He just distracted them. He was like, ah, over here. And uh, the, Maya, the Mayans eventually shoot Jeff with arrows. Amy gets up and runs through the jungle with the Mayans chasing after her. Jeff is killed by the Mayan leader. In parentheses, Jesse Ramirez. He gets a shout out, not hyperlinked. Okay. With a gunshot to the head, after escaping from the mines, Amy reaches the Jeep and manages to drive away. After Amy's escape, Dimitri's two Greek friends are seen walking through the woods and come to the temple looking for him. It's the classic, uh, and now it's going to start for the next people. Mm. Shout out, what's the movie? Shout out, uh, Truth or Dare, 2018. <laughs> yeah, they were the was, first to do it. <laughs> well, yeah. It was a real... They were the first movie Blumhouse to ever really set up a sequel. To set up a... But, it, but it's like a, a vague sequel. Right. And it's, that, it's, like, there's it's, not going might, to be we, a sequel. We may but, do this, but we don't have to. But right. we're just letting you know it's not over. If we wanted... Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a way of putting it. If we wanted, we could make this exact same movie <laughs> again. It's, yeah. It, well, re- really what it's telling you to do is like, yeah, you like that? Yeah. Now play it all over again with these people. Run it back. <laughs> we, uh, I had a conversation about Midsommar recently where some of my friends finally started seeing Midsommar. They were like, okay. I had to see what all this is about. Know that, know that there are some big fans of this movie. And one of them who uh, loves Hereditary and was trying to pressure me into seeing Hereditary... You don't I, need to. I don't think I want to do that. I'm just t- too scared. Uh, he said he liked Midsommar, but he was like, it was essentially just a slasher. And I agreed with that point. It's a slasher without slashing. Where like, It's a slasher People are in a, a weird slasher. situation, yeah. and one by one, yeah. people are dropping off. And hey, what's happening to them? Ultimately, you're asking yourself, what's going on here? So it's there's, got it's, some more layers to it, but like at the at its root, yeah, pretty much. Like you're in a creepy place, and but I but I think that like it, there are enough elements around it that it doesn't feel like it's a, a your ordinary slasher, right? And that's why ultimately I don't think we expected it to be nominated for best picture or anything because it was uh, it's like your your three minute pop song. It's kind of a it kind of follows a template, and it it definitely firmly belongs in a genre, but. It was just so good. Midsommar's great. Also, you got to decide whether or not I'm fucking with you here based on what we've said earlier in this podcast. Love this. Okay. Midsommar, now streaming <laughs> on Amazon Prime. I know for a fact that that is true. It's, is it because I texted you today? No. Oh, shit. Midsommar streaming on no, Amazon I've, Prime. No, I've been going through Prime. Uh, like, The Lighthouse is on Prime now. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, you there, told me a bunch of A24 there's stuff. There's a You're lot right. of A24 stuff on, on Amazon now. Uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco is on there as well. Just like, it's A24 a had really a great time to be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I perused uh, 
the A24 like website. Catalog. Yeah, just to see like what kind of merch they had. Because I don't know if there were some cool Midsommar merch. I'd jump in there. You know what A24 should have? Should be an A24 museum. That would yeah. be fucking sick. Is, it, is Uncut Gems A24? No. No. I don't think is it. Uh, yeah, I think it, it might is. Be. It is. It is. It is. It is. I think it's Blumhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, Uncut Gems is A24, I believe. So A24 had a very good year. Let's see. Yeah. A24. That's pretty good. Yeah. It, uh, A24, that's when you know, like, damn, this movie's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Farewell, too, was A24. That's true. Good year for A24. Uh, the uh, Taylor Swift documentary, I may have mentioned that for a second earlier, but we're getting to, to crunch time. That comes out in a week. There's a trailer for it. I haven't checked out the trailer. How interested are you in this Taylor Swift documentary? Uh, I'm interested. I'm interested enough. I'll watch it, but like, I'm not, not like gonna block off the the whatever day it comes out and be like, gotta watch this. I'm going to watch it, but I think I'm going to make myself. There are some music documentaries that have come out that I know that people say are great, or like concert films that people have said are great that I just haven't checked out, and I'm like. I'm not going to skip all those and just jump right into the Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift documentary. I'm uh, I'm just like a little not nervous, but I'm a little annoyed already because I know that there's going to be like Twitter stuff to come out of it, and people That's are going to be like, "What do you think? Like what? Like I, I don't know. I can't guess, but like there's going to be certain scenes or certain uh, like something that Taylor says. It's going to be clipped. It's going to go on Twitter. People are going to drag her. Like it, it's. I, we've we've been up and down on Taylor over the yeah. past year, but like people find reasons to to hate Taylor Swift. And See, that's like, thing, like I can't tell. Like is Taylor, and I'm not answering this question, but Taylor Swift in many like, respects is like a face of white privilege, yeah. and she she's also got that song, uh, the man. And I think that sometimes that some people probably gravitate towards that of uh, if she were a man, she'd be more successful which i think there's a a debate to be had there Mm -hmm. but i mean like what is like do people view her as like a sympathetic figure or do they view her as like she's kind of been handed everything and if you feel either one of those you're probably going to be loud about it Mm -hmm. you know it'd be a good time for this documentary to come out like 10 years eight years eight years eight
Each other. 